People say he ain't no good And I'm crazy as a loon Cause I shave my head in the morning And pick guitar in the afternoon Just like old Chief and Charlie I like to lay around in the shade Well I ain't got no money But you better believe I got it made Cause I ain't asking nobody for nothing Just leave this bald-headed country boy alone. What's up, folks? Let me tell you about the wonderful Miss Vicky down at Dolly's Delights. This time of year is when every one of y'all are looking for something to give your co-workers, your friends, your family, whatever, whoever. And let me tell you, she does these wonderful gift baskets. She brought me one to the studio yesterday. She wanted to change her ad up a little bit, and she wanted to give me a preview of what you guys can get. Now, look, I got some great candy, also some other cool things for men, and plus, I guess you knew I like candles. She obviously went all out for this basket, trying to uh, put on a good show for me, and she did. So, everybody that is associated with Raising Grace Studio will be getting one of these gift baskets for the holidays, and I recommend you guys get them, too. Now, she told me that this is one of the more expensive ones, but if you don't feel like spending a whole lot of money on one, she's got some for around 30, 40 bucks as well, and she can supply your whole office, your whole school, whatever. So, Miss Vicky at Dolly's Delights, thank you. If you want to get in touch with her now, call her at 478 231 7237 or go visit her at 5122 3rd Avenue, Eastman, Georgia. Now, a couple days ago, I did a show with Miss Lori from Lori's Dive-In over in Alamo. She brought me and Gracie all types of food, even a keto pizza, a cauliflower pizza. I've never ate anything like that before in my life. And let me tell you, it was banging. The wings were amazing. She does this special mix-up with lemon pepper and buffalo, and it's out of this world. Her wings are cooked better than almost any place I've ever been um, so what else did she bring us? She brought us fried Oreos. She brought us fried pickles. Uh, the barbecue was awesome. The hamburger was banging. When you go there too, folks, you can go back and listen to the whole episode between me and her. Her staff is awesome. You feel like you're at home. It's just the best little place around. I know whenever we go through Alamo or I'm going down 16, I'm going to divert myself to go get lunch there. Y'all please go check her out. Her phone number is 912-568-1645. It's on Commerce Street over in Alamo. You can't miss it. It's Lori's Dive In. Go get fed good. Go get treated good. You're not going to get better service from better people anywhere around here. So go check her out now. Let me tell you guys about the baddest insurance agent around these parts miss jenna carr she's an alpha insurance agent she handles home auto life and business she's located in macon georgia at 3312 Northside drive suite c160 uh let me tell you about miss jenna not only is she just the sweetest cutest damn thing you ever seen 
but she takes care of business like a true professional. I love dealing with her. Uh, she's done got me hooked up with life insurance because let's be honest, I'm going to need it. And, uh, every time I've ever dealt with her, a complete pleasure. So y'all do me a favor now, give her a call and go look her up on social media, Jenna Carr, Alpha Insurance Agency, and that phone number in Macon is 478-621-7065. Tell her that you need the same package, home, life, auto, all that good stuff that she hooked me up with. So recently here at the studio, we had a tornado came through. And when it did, we needed a new roof put on. We needed some work done to it. And my dude, Mr. Brad Devane, with Classic Roofing and Construction at 478-832-9229 came and gave me a free estimate, and then they hooked us up. Uh, it was an insurance job, and they took care of it right away. But they also handle out-of-pocket. And what's cool about them, they've got 30 years' experience. They don't collect a single dime until the whole job is done. They do a full walk-around with the homeowner just to make sure that everything is up to the homeowner's standard. And then they collect. I know when we needed them most here at Raising Grace Studios, they did us an amazing job, and I'm glad to have them on board with us. So check out Classic Roofing and Construction now. Give Mr. Brad Devane a call at 478-832-9229. That is classic roofing and construction. You guys want to know where I go to have a good time in making when I'm also wanting to get some good food and listen to some good music? I go down to Cashman's Pub at 370 Cherry Street in Macon, Georgia. Every time me and my buddies go there, no matter who it is, they've got a really good band playing. I'll tell y'all this. I love their buffalo chicken wraps. Plus, they have Buffalo Trace, one of the few bars around that carries it. So you're going to get the best drinks, good damn service, with good people. I know that I enjoy it, and all my friends do nothing but brag about it. Every Friday and Saturday, you can catch us there, but also we go there during the week when we get a wild hair. I know I can catch all my Bulldogs games, all my Braves games, and any NFL games there. They're going to have them on the TV. They're going to have drink specials, and it's just going to be a great environment for you to laugh, cut up, have fun with your friends. To me, it's my favorite little spot in Macon. If you don't know about it, go order one of their shot specials and tell them that I sent you. That is Cashman's Pub down on Cherry Street, Macon, Georgia. Phone number. 478-219-9703. Y'all go run a bar tab up and tell the bartenders that the Josh Terry podcast said hey. What's up, folks? You're listening to the Josh Terry podcast brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Uh, tonight's episode is going to be a really cool one for me. I have been sick as hell uh, the past couple days. Uh, I don't. This has been bad. I had the flu last week. This week... I don't know. My guts and my gallbladder and everything just decided to say to hell with me. Uh, on the show with me tonight, I got Mr. Chris Bickle, who's one of my buddies from Nashville. Uh, well, I guess you don't live in Nashville, though, do you? Just as much as I can. Yeah, so you're about like me. You're up there just as much as possible. Uh, Y'all have heard Chris on the show before with Creative Vets. He's one of the vets in the program. He's also, you might as well be an ambassador for him. I don't think there's an actual title for that. Is there uh, with them? But as much as, as brand much as, ambassador, I like it. I'll take yeah, it. Bra- you'll be a brand ambassador. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that's how I met Mr. Uh, Chris. He's got an amazing story. We're going to get into that. And then Cam Harden, uh, he's been on a couple shows. He's been on one or two now. Oh, a couple. One. Okay. 
Okay, that's right. Uh, and now this one, uh, hey, Cam, if we didn't talk about last time Cam was in the military, I think we did towards the end when I was blacked out. Uh, I don't know if you... Listened. You were grayed out. Yeah, I don't know if you... You're uh, coherently talking. Well, I don't know how, to be honest with you. We're proud of you, whatever it By was. the time we got done passing around the uh, the racism bottle <laughs> for all the stupid shit that we had said, my head was kind of blurry. I see so, some extras up there, too. So Yeah, we're not. I'm not touching any of that. So, Chris, we have a, a new game that we do on the show, but it's only in person. Is uh, anytime one of us say something that I like, we'll be like, that's a racism or that's just something stupid, like super politically incorrect. Uh, we take a shot now because it's fun because if it's in-house and then just by the end of the show, we've done a whole lot more. But apparently that's hilarious to people. <laughs> it works. That's awesome. So, it, I'm not playing that game tonight, though. I played that Saturday and uh, that might be why I thought I was uh, pretty much dying the past two days. Um, well, Chris, uh, why don't we start off with you kind of giving folks a little bit of a rundown of who you are um, and everything. Since Cam just did the show Saturday, they guess they got a good idea who he is now. But uh, just refresh people's uh, memories on who you are in case they don't remember from that show back with Creative Events in January. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I am literally uh, proud to be an Okie from Muskogee. Uh, born and raised in Muskogee Oak, County, Oklahoma, a little town called Fort Gibson. And uh, joined the Army right after 9-11. Uh, I, I had every intention of, I don't know, doing something cool. Uh, and I ended up in a job where my job was mostly to sit behind a desk. Uh, I was very fortunate in that I had a sergeant major who had been at Special Forces Group, and you saw I wasn't happy there, and he he got me to Special Forces Group. Uh, from Special Forces Group, I went to selection for something else. I did that for about a decade. Um, I got sick uh, overseas due to toxic exposure in 2018. I was in out of the hospital for the better part of two years. That was a lot of fun for everybody. Um, and during that time frame, I went through a program that's the Creative Vets songwriting program. And I got to write a song with uh, Heath Sanders, Tyler Farr, Jeremy Bussey, and Richard Casper. Um, completely uh, changed my life. Uh, I've been a lifelong musician. Like, I've been playing guitar since I was a kid. And it's always pretty decent at that. But I had no idea how to write a song, no idea how to sing, like none of that. But the day after my songwriting, I enrolled at Berklee College of Music. Uh, I just finished up their songwriting program. And uh, I've gotten my voice to the kind of the point now where like people don't run away when I try to sing, which is, <laughs> which is great. Um, but the biggest thing for me is like, it would be dishonest to say like that I don't hope that I could make money from songwriting. Right. But that's not what it's about for me. If something could come from that to put food in my kids' mouths, I'm all about it. Uh, but mostly for me, the whole songwriting thing is about that experience was so great for me. Um, but now that I've volunteered with creative Vets multiple times and mentored several veterans, there's translation that takes place with the national songwriters, right? Uh, and I want to get to a place where there doesn't need to be any translation. I want to get to a place where I can be good enough uh, as a songwriter that whether anybody wants me in the room or not, right? Like, but that the only person <laughs> they would need in the room yeah. w w would be me. And I I'm one of those people that feels like, I guess maybe if you think you've got, or if you do have the ability to do it, there's almost an obligation that comes with that. Um, and, and I just feel very driven um, to do that. Um, I think I've done my sixth, my sixth or seventh song, right? With, uh, with Creative Vets now with, with veterans. And it's, man, it, you know, it, it's incredible. Uh, you know, it was, it was cathartic for me whenever I did my song, right? With the program, 
but nothing compares, man. Like nothing compares to, you know, you have three or four phone calls with a veteran before you go out there, you sit down with them uh, in the room for a write, you know, you, you get to see those, those lights come on as they figure out the, the songwriting process was taking place. But even more than that, it's almost like, it's almost like watching somebody sit in a hot tub, but not in a weird way. Right. Like it's yeah. like watching all, all this stress somebody was carrying uh, that they didn't even maybe know they were carrying kind of melt away uh, as things they didn't even know they felt or things they didn't even know they thought or or things they didn't even know they were trying to say kind of come out in that room, which is, and I'm probably babbling a little bit now at this point, I apologize. No, but that's, no, no, that's Ron, you, you, the, more, events, the more you talk, like, the less I songwriters, have Like most of these songwriters have never been in the military, right? But it happened to me, I've seen it happen to every veteran I've been in a room with. You're trying to say something, you can't figure out what you're trying to say. And one of these songwriters, right, who can write a love song a million times and each one will be different, has that innate ability to go, here's what you're trying to say. You're trying to say this, you know, and then they'll speak back to you something you didn't even know about yourself. And that those are those moments that are just, I mean, just mind melting, uh, truly. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a phenomenal experience doing that. I stay in touch with all my veterans. I've actually got a scheduled uh, phone call with the most recent veteran that I worked with uh, tomorrow morning. Really excited about that. We wrote a really cool song with Brian White and Dan Smalley called Bullets and Angels um, that I'm super excited to have come out because it's one of those songs that whenever he told me his story, um, it, like every hair in my body stood up. Yeah. And whenever we wrote the song, every time I listen to it, like every hair on my body stands up. It's just, it's got that that kind of thing for me. That's awesome, dude. You've uh, are you one of the ones I'm, I'm pretty sure has got to be at the Opry in right? Yeah, so I've done three or four rights now at the Opry. So my song right was at the Roy Acuff House whenever okay. I went through the program, right there, you know, next to the Opry. Uh, and then um, every right I've done since has been backstage at the Opry. Uh, this most recent one um, was backstage, then we got to walk him out onto the stage of the Opry. He got to stand in a circle and and take pictures and and this kid man like i mean he's not a kid he's my age but you know all the veterans benefit from it and you see it but there are some veterans for whom country music is a thing right like something that's always been a part of their lives something they hold near and dear to their hearts and for those people you know the opry is something very very different and for those people standing in the circle at the opry is very very different right so he to see him stand in that circle and know who had stood there before him and and to see him feel it was just like, man, if this kid had a tail, uh, his butt would have been sore because he'd have been wagging it, you know, like it was just it was amazing to see. And then we got to take him to a show at the Opry that night, um, which was uh, it was a veterans uh, special show. I think Lee Greenwood was there. Derek Spintley played. I mean, it was just just a phenomenal show um, to, to, to get like it's always a great experience, man. But like to get to see somebody experience like that world of country music who 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 it means so much for. It's just a different level. That's amazing. Were you there when Jesse uh, Wayne Taylor played at the Opry? Uh, I was there. Uh, he was out there doing that. I had no idea he was doing really? it because Richard Casper, the director over at Creative S's Greatest Surprises. So Jesse's like on the stage of the Opry, uh, you know, recording this song. Meanwhile, I'm backstage with Craig Campbell and Houston Phillips writing a song with another veteran with no idea that was going down until I saw like the commercial uh, for that coming up on the show. And I like there was a picture of me like at my back, like. Uh, on stage at the opera, I'm like, oh, hey, look, my butt's on TV, and I don't know why. Well, that, 
But that's a whole lot more than my ass will ever be on the Opry. I'll tell you that more than likely. Don't sell yourself short, buddy. Well, you right, better knock on wood. We yeah, will definitely well, put your I'll, ass on Opry. Um, <laughs> yeah. So whenever any of y'all are involved with the Opry, because I went for the first time the last time I was in Nashville, I'd been to the Ryman, of course, um, but I went to the Opry uh, last time we were there, and uh, it's just it's, it, it hits you different. Everything about every inch of that place, the pews, the everything just hits you different. And when I saw the video of uh, especially Jesse singing Unbroken and then the rest of y'all there, oh, dude, if you just saw my fat ass, I was in tears for y'all. I was ha- like, I was, I was happy for you guys. Um, h- how do you feel? I guess some of these artists, because uh, one of the guys you just named. It's it's not like I'm buddies with him or anything. We got a lot of mutual friends. I've been around him a couple of times, but I just think the world of Craig Campbell. And like uh like and I how do you get a re what's the reaction from some of these artists towards especially somebody like you that's got such an impressive background in uh military? You know, it's actually it's kind of a cool thing to see, man. Like I don't I don't see that in really? the writers' rooms, right? Like I don't I mean, you know, getting right with Craig Campbell it w- was a big deal for me, right? Because, like, you know, hands down, he is probably one of the greatest voices to ever to grace the I radio it. I in, love in Nashville. Voice. Absolutely. Yeah, he's an amazing person, too. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool to get to meet him. Um, but when you're in that room, man, everybody's on a mission, you know? And it's not, okay. it's not the veteran sitting around going, oh, man, this is this, is this amazing songwriter who, who Garth Brooks did one of his songs, right? And it's not the not necessarily the the writers looking at the veteran going, oh my god, this look, look, look what unit this guy was in and what color was his beret and you know, yeah. that's not that's not about that's not what it's about, right? It's all about everybody trying to figure out what is this veteran trying to say, what does this veteran need to say, and yeah. it's just such a cool just such a cool collaboration, man. Like, I'm I'm nowhere near the songwriter, uh, you know, most of these guys are, but I will be. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess I said that question completely ass backwards. Hot minute. I give I'll give you an example of what I meant. So, like, I, I don't know if you've seen me get this way or whatever, like some of my posts or whatever are some of the things that I've said. I get kind of pissy when people don't pay, like when you have creative vet songwriters doing uh, a writer's round or something because the, you might not exactly know the name yet, but the story behind the person that leads to it is what always gets me. So mm-hmm. I'm going to brag on Trey Lewis's dumbass for a second. Uh, we were at the creative vet songwriter's round. Uh, mm-hmm. here recently and some of the artists that were there and it wasn't anybody in our group or anything like that it was it was kind of people that just were it's either they were oblivious or they just didn't realize what creative vets was or it's, you know how some people are some people just don't give a damn and they can just kiss my big fat ass anyway but like trey lewis made sure that he went up to every single veteran that was there and talked to him and, and and just like showed his respects. That's guess what I was kind of meaning. Is that usually the reaction that you get before a write is just them just pretty much saying thank you and that they appreciate what you have done. Yeah, uh, no, a hundred percent every time uh, without fail. And you know, of course, there's a spectrum of that. Like, I think just by the nature of like human behavior, uh, right? Um, but like Craig Campbell, Houston Phillips, uh, Tyler Farr, Heath Sanders, Brian White, Dan Smalley, like uh, Tom, you know, Tommy Carlos, like all of these guys that I've met, I- I've watched all of them deal with veterans and they're always so 
I think the $10 word is circumspect maybe, but they're, they're so respectful. Yeah. Uh, and it's such an amazing thing to see in, in the case of the veteran that we're talking about right now, his name is Michael, uh, awesome dude. But you know, here he is sitting down with these people and he knows country music, right? Uh, he knows that Brian White wrote, uh, I've been watching you for, mm -hmm. for Rodney Atkins, which is the number one hit for him. Like most streamed song, I think in country. Are you talking about history. old Brian Adam or old Brian White that did like a uh, Rebecca Lynn and all that stuff back in the nineties? Yeah, I'm talking about the older guys. So okay, you're okay, I've been yeah. watching you. That ain't yeah, that he's cool. Awesome. Yeah. He's, you know, awesome. he's he's phenomenal. Um, just an amazing person with such a such a heart for service. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take the opportunity to go ahead and shout out what an awesome person he is, uh, because he wasn't supposed to be at the right. Uh, I was talking to the veteran on the phone weeks prior, and uh, he this guy's a devout Christian, um, and. I mean, different than somebody who just believes in God, right? Or just different from somebody who just grew up in church. Like, it's this guy, it's the center of his world. Yeah. Uh, and he went through a, a horrific experience in Iraq, and it's his firm belief that the only thing that brought him home, that's given him the life that he has today, is God. Uh, and, and Brian White, you know, on top of being an amazing country writer, writes contemporary Christian music. He's got multiple Dove Awards. Like, he's, you know, he's the real deal. He's the man of faith. Like, he's, he, you know, he walks what he talks. Um, so I called Richard Casper. I'm like, hey, man, like, here's the way this veteran believes. I think that it needs to be Brian White on this song, right? Is there any chance he's going to be in town? And uh, Richard said, we'll see. I think the next day I got a text from Richard like, yeah, man, Brian's definitely going to be there. And I don't find out until after the song, right? Brian wasn't supposed to be there. Brian was supposed to be somewhere else. I think he was scheduled to write with an artist, like hit artist, like a hit Nashville country singer you know, that could have, he could have potentially sat down with somebody with massive, you know, radio draw and commercial appeal. And that day through three or four hours of work, you know, potentially earned, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, I don't know based on how the song charts, but like took money, potential money out of his own pocket, out of his own family's mouths to go sit down with a veteran because he said, this is more important. Um, so, I mean, Brian White's an amazing human being, uh, you know, huge shout out to him, but that's, that's what we see in the writers that we work with. That's, that's the way they feel about it. And Richard and Casper uh, and Brett Gillen, who helps run that program too, have done such an amazing job of, you know, only working with songwriters that feel that way about it. You know, I, I can promise you right now, um, just to throw out big names, right? Like, of course, we'd all love to see Luke Bryan be a part of the program. Of course, we'd all love to see Garth Brooks be a big part of the program. And that would change the veteran's life. Uh, and that would bring draw to the program that would be phenomenal. But I'll tell you right now, if somebody at that level, Right, regardless of name, let's just remove that from it. Somebody at that level wanted to be a part of the program, and Richard felt like they weren't servicing the veteran. If they weren't in there for the right reasons, they wouldn't be there. It wouldn't matter who it was. That's cool. That's why I'm Cam. I, you're gonna have to go with us eventually up there. When you meet Richard and Kyle and the rest of the guys, I'm telling you, it it did something to me the first time because I met Chris and Kyle before I ever met Richard. And even like the other day when I was at the the Creative Vets Writers Round, Richard just is above and beyond. Like he made sure because, and I'm not tooting my own horn when I say this, I hope nobody takes this away. I try to share the stuff for y'all because I believe if you have a platform, I it, it means a whole lot more for me to try to help a veteran than it does for me to try to help some girl shaking her ass on TikTok. That, that, that means more to me. So Richard made sure that she was any, a veteran too. Any, well, she was. Her I'll be sure to share her. I promise you. Respect. But 
Richard made sure to introduce me to every single person that he could. And what I've tried to do in return is I've tried to bring these social media people to meet with creative events and to share it. Uh, shout out to Macy for sharing all the stuff for them the other day. Like stuff like that means a lot to me. And I love that Richard's that way because I am the same way when it comes to these influencers and people. I invited people to come to that writer's retreat. And when they got there, it wasn't what they thought it was going to be or whatever. And they're like, oh, we're going to Broadway. I'll never fuck with those people again. <laughs> I, I will I will never because like you went to Broadway. <laughs> well, no, I hate Broadway. Yeah, that's but what you're going where? Yeah, you're but no, because they didn't understand what it was for. Even though it wasn't a lot of creator, creative, a uh, creative vet writers up there or performers up there. It was people that were taking time, artists, big name artists, Brent Cobb, Megan Patrick, all these wonderful people. Both phenomenal Josh, artists. Yeah, and writers. Absolutely. And Trey Lewis, even somebody canceled last minute, they asked Trey to get up there, and he did. And none of them did it in a selfish way. They're all up there. They never once said, hey, go download this, go download that. The whole time they're saying, hey, please go share creative events. Please, please share these guys' stories. Those are the people I fuck with. Those, those are the people that mean something to me. The rest of these folks that are just like, because I, I don't want to get too political with this. But the rest of these people on social media that they want to sit there and they say that they support veterans or that they are pro-America and pro all of this kind of stuff and everything, they never take the time, not all of them. There's a lot of them just talk to talk but don't walk the walk. Ironic, right? That you, you write words, but yeah. all they do is speak the words and they don't walk the walk. Oh, shit, that's a song. Write that down. There is a song on that. I, I, like, I'm glad you're recording this. We'll, yeah, we'll go back to that. yeah, there's a song. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't, it's, it's hard for me, man, because, you know, I'm a dad. I've got two kids, right? So yeah. I try to think of things uh, globally or like think around a problem, right? It's, it's somebody not doing the right thing because they don't want to do the right thing. Yeah. Somebody not doing the right thing because they don't know what the right thing is. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think that sometimes that's the case. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who, I don't know, maybe put the yellow ribbon on the car or maybe say support the troops and, and they don't know what that means, you know, and, and I think for some of these writers and some, for some of these artists, their daily struggle is how do I, how do I get that song? You know, how do I get that right? How do I do this thing that means I can eat? I mean, you know, songwriters, man, like they might get paid $20,000 a year that they didn't have to turn around and, and, and pay back, you know, so I'm sure there are people out there who just are disrespectful or just are ignorant. But the way I try to approach everybody in those situations is I try to use it as a modeling opportunity, like a teaching opportunity, like, hey, man, like, you know, you're at the Live Oak or the Tin Roof or the listening or wherever, and you won't shut up. Can we talk about what's going on right now and why it's important? Oh, boy, it was not. A, have you got to meet uh, a guy named Vaden yet? Um, I haven't. Okay, I'm going to introduce you to Vaden. Vaden's hooked up with some amazing – he's real good friends with Aaron Lewis. Uh, and I know that Aaron's recorded, you know, They Call Me Doc, which is – By the way, don't even give the remote perception of disrespecting veterans if you're around Aaron Lewis. He will lose his uh, mind. Will he? <laughs> yes. Well, that's what I was getting to. We were at another organization, a suicide prevention organization for veterans. I saw this grown-ass man who is amazing. He's one of my favorite human beings. People would not shut the fuck up and listen to the guy that was on stage pouring his heart out 
about how he was ready to end it all. He had just got back from overseas and like he was in a dark, dark place. This guy stands up in the middle of the local and tells every single person there to shut the hell up and listen to the man on stage or he would get you out of there. Like, I love that type of shit because when y'all actually are speaking and you're telling your story, as much as I love a normal writer's round, your guys' story, it can help so many more people. It, it just can, and I cannot stand the disrespect when when some people do it. No, no, 100%, and I'm right there with you, and I'm not disagreeing with you either. I'm just saying that, like, for me personally, I try to give the benefit of the doubt and just take the opportunity to, you know, I guess fool me once, and then it's, you know. Yeah. We go on from there. Yeah, I don't I don't really I especially if I've been drinking and I'm probably drinking. If I'm at a riders round, I don't really take the opportunity to fool me once. There was <laughs> no, a, I totally get it. Uh I, I'm not terribly different, right? I did grow up in yeah. a small town in Oklahoma and spent twenty yeah. years in the army. But uh anytime I'm doing a creative events thing, I've got a pretty firm uh two drink limit. Yeah, well I, I don't blame you. So that's one of the things that if it was very lucky for this one guy in particular at the one they did a few weeks ago. Because Richard and me were talking, and we're talking to somebody else. And this guy kept coming up, and this guy he kept trying to make the conversation steer towards him. And it was when Richard was sitting there, and he was telling somebody his story. Mm-hmm. And it if I'd have been good and lit, because he was a young kid, too. He was probably in his early 20s. Boy, I wanted to – if it had been anywhere else, anywhere else, the last thing I want to do is offend Richard or or make anybody think that I'm a psycho. I, I mean, he did the, used to be a bouncer, so I'm sure he's seen it. Man, I wanted to knock the shit out of that square face boy. It was so bad. I just I don't I just don't like that. No, man, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't either. But at the same time, God bless those kids because the reason why you and I feel differently is we were raised differently. Yeah. Uh, but also we lived through 9-11, man. You know, we we saw that day, we saw the effects of it, we saw a nation at war for, you know, decades. And so we understand it in a way these these other people don't. Um, and they might drive me nuts, but thank God, hopefully, the world has started to become a little bit better place in it than it was then. That's debatable, but I won't get into that. Yeah, yeah to your point, too, you were talking about that some people just don't know what right looks like. They don't. They don't know what what being right is. They don't even know that they're doing wrong. Sometimes they literally think that they're just because the society that we that that we're a part of right now. It's all me, 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 right? So when they try to divert attention towards themselves, they don't even recognize that they're doing it. They're it's just a it's breathing to them, right? So they don't know when somebody's up there telling their story. Shut the fuck up, dude. No, man. And so this is this is a total like tangent, like pontificating kind of thing. But my wife and I were talking about that recently, like how all dudes and all, all women kind of dress the same now. Yeah. And it's all social media, right? Like it's when I was growing up, you just, you know, you went to JC Penney's or whatever and you bought the clothes and you wore the clothes. Right. But now like everybody's watching you know, or looking at Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and you know, what is Jennifer Aniston wearing and what is Luke Bryan wearing? And I got to have that because that's the cool stuff. And we're cre- creating this, uh, I guess, superficially homogenous society into which we've got these little bitty buckets we've all got to fit into. Yeah, I, I used to be like that. Um, there, I'll tell you a little story. I don't think I got to tell you this on the, the first show. Uh, so, and it's actually a place that I'm looking to move my studio to now, which is even cooler. So it wasn't too long ago. I mean, it's been after high school. Uh, and I'm 35, so that was a fucking long time ago, I guess. Uh, at some point in time, 
a bunch of us that went to high school together, we were going out in downtown Macon and they all wanted to go to this dance bar or whatever. And I was already in a weird place in my life. Like I, I was still in that. I want to fit in place. And I want these people who there was no reason in the world for me to try to make a single one of them like me anymore. Like everybody had moved on, lived their own lives or whatever. We had walked past this blues bar and I'm a huge blues fan. And I love the blues dude. There's something about it. just, I would almost say blues is to me is better than country music, but it's just, it's, it's, it's tit for tat if anything. And if everyone's ever been to Macon. Oh it's yeah. Thick. Yeah. It's thick. Yeah. So like, it's like Memphis too. Yeah, it would, yeah, yeah. I wish it still was. That'd be pretty sweet. But there was a everybody else wanted to go to this one bar, and I didn't. I didn't want to go anywhere. I was just trying to fit in still. And I walk past this blues bar, and I hear what they're playing, and I'm like, "Hey, I really like this. I think it's playing some Muddy Waters or something." I was like, "I'm, I'm gonna go in here and listen to this band for a second. I'll meet y'all down there." I ended up sitting at the end of the bar with the coolest old African American man ever met in my life. He was in his sixties or seventies. This sipping whatever he was sipping at the end of the bar. We talked forever. I ended up not going down there that night and they ended up having to, we met up afterwards or whatever. And I realized like right then it's like, I don't want to fit in anymore. And it took me a couple of years after that to realize by me actually going outside the box, I was happier. I was, I didn't have to be part of their party for me to have my own. And I'm telling you that started me to where I am today. Now I don't, when you, brought up clothes i dress like an asshole i i'm either gonna be comfortable or i'm gonna dress loud and obnoxious and i'm gonna be what makes me happy i don't think about what everybody else is wearing anymore and ever since i started doing that it's like my personality has just grew not not because i'm trying to make it grow but it's just i'm more comfortable with myself and who i am now i don't know why other people don't try to be individuals anymore it's effortless you're being you you're not trying to be anybody else yeah yeah I, i just i just don't get why everybody wants to fit in no, who, I don't know, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I probably spent the first 23, 24 years of my life in that mode. You're talking about trying to fit in, but I think once you figure that out and realize that the people that you admire the most, or maybe even sometimes, at least for me, the people I was trying to fit into, uh, they were authentic, right? Like they weren't trying to fit in with anybody else. And once you kind of figure that out and flip that switch, man, that's where, that's where it's at. So you were talking about Aaron Lewis while ago. I think he's like the biggest one like that are not the biggest one, but just not giving a damn what anybody else thinks or anything like that. So you know what I love about that statement? I feel like there's two ends of that spectrum and uh, no no debates, no debates. But on this end of the spectrum of authenticity is Aaron Lewis. (laughs) And on this end of the spectrum of authenticity is uh, Jason Isbell. Oh, Oh, I love Jason Isbell. Right, wrong or different. Do you agree with him? Do you not agree with him? They're both saying what they believe in, standing up for what they believe in, being as honest and as open and as authentic as they possibly can be. And, uh, man, like, it's just, it's a great thing to see in both of them. Well, I had, I had a guy a long time ago, uh, right before I got into working in country music and working in country radio, I used to do a lot of veteran, um, or military supportive stuff on my social media and all this kind of stuff. And I still do, but I had a, a guy tell me one time. And when you, when you bring up Isbell, it's, he didn't fought, fight. He didn't put his life on the line for just one side of an argument. He he did it for both sides. And when it comes to the music that he liked or the people that he supported, his, he didn't give a damn about their political views because when he was fighting, he wasn't fighting for any political view. He was part, fighting for that person to have the right to have a political view. 
And so that's where when you, you hear some of these people bitch and moan or whatever about, oh, you can listen to this. How the hell can you listen to that? I like both of them. And I'm not taking anything they say. Now, both of them have songs that'll make my ass cry. You turn on Elephant by Isbell right now and I will squall. Hands down, one of the greatest songs ever written. Oh my God. I, I tell people all the time. And then when somebody wants to talk about Cover Me Up by They'll be like, oh, play me that Morgan Wallen song, Cover Me Up. Oh, my God, dude, that just burns me up. It just it burns me up, man. Me off. And then I'm like, you have to realize what he wrote that song about. It does not matter if Morgan sings it good. He does now. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's, it's a good version. But when you hear why Isbell wrote the song, that he wrote it for Amanda. Do you know what my favorite part of that song yeah. is? What is that? Girl, leave your boots by the bed, right? Yeah. Because that whole line, that what he's saying, like, we ain't leaving this room till uh, yeah. somebody needs medical help or the magnolias bloom. Right, that that sounds like we're talking about sex, right? Like, I'm into you, you're into me. Let's go in this room and we're gonna do our thing to our to our war out. And that's not what the line's about. It's talking about getting sober. That line was right? about him getting sober. Yeah, it's talking about and her staying there with him, yep. locking herself in with him until he was clean. Man, like that's yeah. oh yeah, dude, it, that is the ugh. magic of songwriting. Oh my god, when you and that's where I, I have to break it down, especially to white women that listen to that song with me. God bless their dumb asses. They think that that whole song is about sex when Morgan sings it. And then you play them Isbell's version, and it's like, there's so much more actual love and passion in that knowing that the way that he wrote it was him pretty much thanking his wife for being there and mm -hmm. getting him through his shit. You don't get that that back either. Not to be weird, but the first time that you hear something. Like oh, that. yeah. So I, I, I came to Jason Isbell from hearing Morgan Wallen. Oh, yeah. Right? So, I mean, I had heard a little bit of it, but it made me dive in it. And it wasn't until then, until I heard his version, that it, it makes you makes you stop and go, wow, what a completely, completely different tone. Everything. And it reminded me, and I don't mean to take the not, thing here. I was... It. You're supposed to be talking. I was in... Uh, it, I was in Afghanistan. I was... And the, I was telling Josh a while back about this a group of songwriters that came through, and there's five of them. And they came through and they stopped and played for us. And I remember thinking, what the fuck are you doing here? This is very dangerous. Because <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, we were in, we weren't in Bath. You know, we weren't like in some transition place. Like it was the middle of the bowl. Like you, you should not be here right now. They were like, why are we here? And we were like, we don't know. But play us some stuff since you're here. You got about 10 minutes before it gets hot. And um <laughs> They they were playing and it was um uh, Ray Scott was there. Oh, he's good. Ray Scott was there. Um, he didn't hadn't long had uh, the Blue Jeans song out. Yeah. How do you fit in them jeans? And um, Hillary Lindsay, who was one of my all time favorites, uh, she just got inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame not long ago. That's cool. Anyways, she was there, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he actually wrote "Suds in the Bucket" and the clothes hanging out. The the uh, Sarah Evans song. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you. Who I got to get his name. Because I, 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 hell of a guy. Yeah, and I remember he played us his version, how he wrote it, and it was from a father's perspective watching his daughter grow up. And when Sarah wow. Evans sings it, it's her growing up as a young woman, right? That's what you're. That's what you're feeling. But when you hear him sing it, it's Billy a, Montana. Billy Montana. Yep. It is a completely, completely different experience and i'll never ever get that one experience back which I'm, I'm thankful happened in such a memorable memorable place thank god he made it back okay um but i remember he was talking about um someone sang it on american idol 
and it was in the, the heyday of American Idol, right? And and Simon Cowell is just going off on people. And Simon Cowell, the, somebody comes up and sings that song, and Simon is like, that's the most awful song. I cannot believe you sang that song here in front of the world. He, he was watching it on TV, and he was like, I don't really give a shit what you think, Simon, because I'm sitting in the house that that song bought. So, you know, stuff it. <laughs> Have either one of y'all watched, I'm trying to remember the name of it, it's a documentary on Paramount. And I think it all begins with a song. Yes. Is, is it all begins with a song? Well, there's a couple of really good ones on um, there. That's let me make sure. I thought it was like Love Dad. The guy who, hold on, I can actually. I You're know. talking about the guy that wrote for Lady Antebellum. He wrote. He, he wrote The House That Builds Me. Yes. Uh, My favorite one is, um, what's the Little Rock song that I'm obsessed with? I think it's called Little Rock. Little yeah. Little like the Reba song or the? No, it's Colin right here. Little oh, the other Little Rock. Yeah. I'll, I'll find it. Yeah. Colin Ray. Writer, the rock song writer. But anyway, well, he has he has a documentary. There it is, yeah. And the whole time, Tom Douglas. There we go. Tom oh, yeah. Douglas. Yes. All right. So have y'all seen his documentary? Yes. I have not. Is it good? Very cool. Uh okay. So this dude lives right outside of Nashville. I'm gonna get you the name. I'm getting there by the name of it. But he walks around Nashville middle of the night the whole time. And he's going from spot to spot and he's telling people. Are telling the doc documentary or whatever. It, the whole movie's done like a one piece of poetry. It is really cool. It, it looks it looks like it, a like a college, like a a, a video arts production. Yeah, I saw, I saw a lot of. Awesome. Oh, it's love Tom. Love Tom. Love comma Tom. Because he's what, writing a letter. Yeah, he's yeah. That's the what whole that's what the whole movie is, and it's even to where whenever he uh, writes Little Rock, uh, which is one of my all time favorites, he tells the story behind it how he was fixing to quit being a songwriter, his dad was dying or something along those lines. I'm not exactly sure what it, every little step of it was. But then he plays that, and he said in the next couple days, like, he somebody cut it right away, and he was ready to quit. And it's just the progression of that whole thing. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm now going to have to watch it again tonight. I Actually, now that you mention it, I like the, that part, too. But when he was talking about he was running a marathon through Nashville, and he was just running behind this guy and just getting perpetually more and more pissed off that he was actually running this marathon. He had he's like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. But he um that's when he like in his head said, I run to you. And that's when he started uh, writing the Lady Annabellum song or Lady A, as it go by now. Wow. Um, he just walks in the studio, he had no idea what he was gonna pitch him. But he sat down in a room with him and they were got they were like, What you got, big shot? And he was like, I don't know. And he just hit hit some keys and he goes, I run to you. And they were like, Love it. Can't believe you wrote that. And he was like, oh, yeah, I've been working on that one for a long time for you. <laughs> I want to say it's the house that built me. Took them, what, 12 years to write? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. And when I when I heard that, dude, it blew me away that there are people that will come back and come back and come back to a song, knowing that you've got something there, but they care about their art so much that they're not going to sell themselves short until they know exactly that it's perfect, that they got exactly what it, what it is. You know, that's how that's how Isabel writes. So yeah. he doesn't like so this isn't a bad thing. It works great for co-writing. Uh, for most co-writing in, in Nashville, a co-writes three to five hours, right? Five hours would be a long write. Isabel doesn't do that. Like he comes up with whatever his motif is, is it guitar part, melody, whatever. And then he might spend a year editing that piece before he ever even thinks about putting it on an album, you know. And ostensibly I'd say he's one of the best writers ever like i mean i put him up there with john prine and bob dylan and john lennon like his approach to lyrics to me is just just masterful 
Um, so it's always very heartening as a songwriter to know that there's somebody out there who can't do the three to five hour thing. Um, but I tell you, if you're, there's a guy, if you're not listening to him, I highly recommend a man. Have you heard, have you heard of Travis Meadows? I have it. So Travis Meadows is probably one of the best songwriters ever born who's horribly underrated. So you know the Jake Owens song, um, What We Ain't Got? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Travis Meadows wrote that. Um, he's got uh, just tons of, of phenomenal songs. I work with a songwriter in uh, California, Warren Sellers, and Warren Sellers turned me on to him because he said, like, when you listen to this guy, one of these guys' songs, it's like he's cut a vein and he's pouring it out for you. Oh, wow. And that's, that's this guy, man. He, um, I, had a, I had a brief chance to kind of email back and forth with him, but he, he lost a leg. Uh, and he's recently had some problems. He had surgery and due to paresthesia from the surgery, he can't really sing that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the guy's been through it, man. Like he's, he's, he's had a, he's had a, a rough set of um, issues handed to him. But the cool thing to him about me is, and like, I would love for him to write with creative vets, man. Cause like he's been through all of these kind of rough experiences and all of his songs, there's no, there's no metaphor right there's no there's no fancy language like we're not talking walt whitman right we're, we're just talking like blanket language uh and he just pours it all out in such a such a passionate heartfelt way um yeah i i would say that he he's probably my favorite guy probably one of my favorite guys in nashville right now i'm gonna have to check him out i always judge a, a songwriter if i have or a musician by their titles like before i ever click on them and seeing like first cigarette better boat all that kind of stuff Pray for Jungle Land, Pontiac. Like, I just know, like this guy. You you can tell if a title's too wordy, it's usually too hard to figure out what the artist is talking about. To I'm just I like the simplicity of. A I'm song. just happy that the the first letters were capitalized. I know, right? Have you noticed that trend that's going on? Everything. Uh-uh. Oh, it's disgusting. It kills the inner English teacher in me. Well, considering that I'm dyslexic and can't spell or read anyway. Uh, everything's lowercase to me or everything's capitalized i don't know Leon, Leon. yeah I, i'm right there with you i may be one of the only people who puts their lyrics through grammarly oh nice do you uh, really? I use the trash can a lot but i put them in there i'm a i'm ocd about words uh, my texts are like mla format it's yeah it's pretty intense see, see like, i'm the same one, way one of the reasons why um if you want to I was kind of sharing with Cam a little bit about your story and got him to listen to the episode earlier, or whatever. See, Cam has been through a lot coming back too. And me and him, like, I'd like to, like, all three of us sit down and write one together because he's, sure, dude. he's got something. And I'll tell you off of this and nobody steals a damn idea, <laughs> but he, he went through some shit and I don't know what the hook is in it, but I know that there's a story in it and it's a really good story. That's where I, I've got so obsessed with just the story behind the song lately that it, it almost is better than even listening to the song or it makes listening to the song better. It's probably what I should say. No. Yeah. So like I, I could listen to happy by Pharrell all day long and I, I love that song. Uh, but I like songs that like, you gotta be invested. You know, you're not listening to this thing on the boat when you're drinking gold tops, right? Like you need to be yeah. sitting down at 10 PM with a glass of bourbon, listen to what the guy's saying. Cause you need to know what's going on. Yeah, I'm the same way. That's I, good. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I get a lot of shit thrown at me from when I'm riding dirt roads or hanging out with people or going to just whatever on any of our trips because I'm going to be the one in charge of the radio. There's, I'm not even giving anybody a chance. And you would think I'm the most depressed person 
in the world from my playlist. There is not a happy fucking song. Oh, on my Dude, my wife gets so happy. mad because I'm the same way in the car. I said, like, can you play a happy song? Like, well, these these are happy songs. Yeah, Remember, they, I'm from Northeast Oklahoma. These are happy to me. said, I love you. Yeah. yeah uh, sad songs <laughs> make me happy. Like, I, I don't, I can't explain it. And it, it's just, to me, uh, a good songwriter paints a picture in your head. Like, it's, it's a little, it's a three minute movie. Yeah, so, they put the right furniture in the room. Yeah, so it's like when I'm listening to these amazing songs that I think are the best songs of all time, I'm not just listening to a song. I'm like living that story out in my mind as I'm listening to it. Perfect example. You remember me and you were talking about, like, I'm a big Garth Brooks fan. Yeah. I, I just, dude hung the movie. You're going to say right? Lonesome Dove. I, I got, already know you're going to Lonesome Dove. I love that song. Yeah, it, it made yeah. me cry. I love that it song. It made me, I cry. first time. Immediately cry. The angel, he's got an angel's heart with a devil's hand, and then he gets to that last part. Oh, woo. let me tell you, shots were coming from the alleyway. That's where I, mm-hmm. I, I told yes. Whenever, whenever Garth made the statements he made last year, a year or two about his political views or whatever, I saw some dumbass on my Facebook or whatever, and I was like, I will never listen to a Garth Brooks song again. Good, more for me. And I was like, you know what? Well, I'm never going to stop listening to him, so it really don't matter. I don't Well, dude, and frankly, those the guys forget what the country's about in the first place, right? Yeah. Like, the whole point of our country is, like, being able to have the freedom to have a point of view. Yeah. Yeah, Garth, there's nothing. He's got... Dude, his Vegas show sold out immediately. Yeah, you're not... Every single show. If he wanted to, I guarantee you. It's like now with Hardy and Wallen and everybody. Somebody was telling me this the other day. The reason why they're going to have number one after number one after number one is the best writers in town are pitching them the songs, the best songs that are being written right now. And not only is Hardy writing half of them, it seems like any damn way, but they're going to keep being number one. Wallen ain't going nowhere because he's a, he's a gold mine for people. Mm-hmm. But, but well, if, dude, so that's if, why I was so glad to see Lainey Wilson do so well. Oh my God, I'm at the CMAs. I mean, she I'm was. I mean, she's in a, on year eleven of yeah. a ten year town. You know, before it finally, before it finally hit for us. So she she's real close to a girl that was on the show here recently that I'm buddies with, uh, Farron Rachel's. Farron's got two. cuts. Farron's amazing, by the way. Oh my God, is she not? Farron's got two cuts on that new album. I and, heard her uh, at the I think the Live Oak yeah. uh, do a song that she wrote about birth control. And I like, fuck, I don't know if I've heard it. Oh that, my that, God, dude, this song like blew me away. I, I you know, I, I, I might've had a couple drinks that night. So I'd have to like recollect his, like go look yeah. the song out. But I think it was about the, like the disproportionate responsibility upon women vice men. Um, but the song blew me away. She blew me away. Her voice. She's just, I, I love her. She is awesome. Um, Chris is, Got words like I got words. Yeah, yeah, y'all speak. Your shit's y'all, sharp. Y'all were throwing a lot of big ass words out there. No, no, you're fucking me up. You talk like like we're like it's an op order. Like we're we're sitting, we're we're in paragraph two right now. We're just we're just moving along. Well, that's awesome. Farron Rachel's is the anthropomorphic personification of amazing music. Got that? You need to go poop oh, right see, now, don't I, you? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should I should be that. Uh, that is a that is a he, sweet fucking voice right there. He words good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I went to the say, Zoolander school. Uh, I'm just gonna say fuck a couple more times. It makes people laugh. That's, that's about as works, sure that works. is about as good Keep it as I get. Uh, what rights are I guess? Are you part of any of the rights coming up or any of the events with Creative Vets that's going to be in town soon? 
Uh, you know, uh, the, their schedule is always insane right now. Like it's those poor guys, right? I mean, in a good way. Yeah. Uh, but you know, my intent is always to make it to every single uh, cohort they have. Um, that's what always on what I'm trying to do. Are you going back to the golf event next year? Yeah, hundred percent. My my uh, my mom, she did the the second the highest tier sponsorship thing last year. She wants to do the highest one this year, and we've got a pretty cool idea. So my mom's an attorney in Muskogee, Oklahoma. So an advertisement in Nashville doesn't really do much for her. Yeah. So what we're talking about doing is she'll take out the sponsorship and then we'll pick uh, a few different uh, veteran-owned businesses in Nashville. Oh, that's cool. And then either just pick one or maybe have like a cool, fun contest thing. And then one of, you know, whichever one of those wins like gets to have that sponsorship. That's cool. So, it'll still be my mom in the golf cart with me, but... Uh, did you play in it last year, or were you just out? I did. Out? I did. Uh, I didn't play uh, because I don't. I don't play golf. I'm not. I'm not coordinated okay. enough. Okay. But uh, I was in the golf cart with my family and uh, amazing songwriter uh, Brian Davis for, uh, for okay. the whole day. Okay. That's and then awesome. actually uh, was uh, had the distinct uh, fortune of shotgunning a beer with Cameron Marlowe. Dude, what? Let me tell you. So Cameron did the Pledge of Allegiance. No, was it? Yeah, yeah, he did the Pledge of Allegiance. It was phenomenal. Oh my god! So I'm standing off. I'm standing off in the corner, and like I'm 30 feet away from. Him and I'm recording because I want to get some stuff for Richard and everybody for creative events and all that. I hadn't heard of him. I hadn't heard him in person. I'd mm -hmm. heard two or three of his songs mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. were good, but the second that dude did that, I was like, "Oh shit, this kid's gonna blow up." What's hey. the what's the song he has about the Marlboros? Is it Light 'em Up? Light 'em Up. All right, yeah. So it, yeah, man, I heard that song a, when it first came out on the EP, and I liked it, but for whatever reason, it just didn't just didn't blow me away. I'm like, okay, you know, cool song. Um, and then I was out for a Kredivitz thing and heard him do a writer's round, and he did that song live, and I could have like melted like bar, in the spot all, and like evaporated because it was like it blew me away. Completely phenomenal, like. I think I think they're on the right track now, man. But like that that guy needs somebody who can capture like that power he has live because he fills a room, man. Yeah, it was it's burn them all, burn them all. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, but that dude, one, have you heard? Uh, we were cowboys. Yeah, that was finna say. I was he wrote, say, so he wrote that with Tyler Farr in that song, dude. Like, uh, it's the one that Country Boys Prayer on that album for me though for some reason. Country Boys Prayer is woof. That whole that he he's just one of those guys too. I guess that I am jaded on a lot of people, but when you see folks that are at the creative events, events, the artists that actually have a name, and you mm -hmm. know that they're not getting paid, they're mm -hmm. volunteering their time, and they're they're coming to you know make a difference or bring awareness or be part of people noticing creative events or any of the organizations that a lot. I know I've said creative events a lot, but there are some other ones that are really good. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just love when they do that. And then I love it when they're so damn good and you found out about them because of that. You know the one you got to watch out for right now? Hey. Dan Smalley. Uh, he just did his first write with us, with the veteran that I was talking about at the beginning, uh, Michael, for that song, Bullets and Angels. So it was me, him, and Brian White and the veteran in that song, right? And uh, for one thing, for Dan's first write with uh, Creative Vets, he was phenomenal with a veteran, um, asked all the right questions. He gave space when he needed to give, give space. Like he, like he was just, you couldn't have asked for a, a better person in the room for that, for that veteran. S A M L L E Y. Uh, S M A L L E Y. Yeah. Okay. And then when the song right was over, he basically walked up to Richard and said, dude, this is, 
This is phenomenal. I believe in this. Anytime you need anything, call me. Like, I'm in. Hey. And uh, and legit, man, he's he's in. Like, we've got a little uh, text stream. Uh, me, him, Brian White, and the veteran. And, uh, you know, the veteran reaches out every now and then. Hey, guys, thinking about you. Still love the song, you know? And he's, I mean, he you know, he responds every time, man. Like, I think there's a lot of people out there who might give you their number and then you never hear from him again. But no shit. <laughs> hey, he's a real deal, dude. Well, that, for those for those first guys that are listening to something like this, what are the kind of questions? Because <laughs> we, it's really hard to open a vet up. To so that's really... that's my job as the right. veterans mentor. That's my job. So okay. I've it's my job to establish rapport and, and kind of like induct the the veteran to what we're doing before they ever come out there. So that's why I have a, a three a three phone call minimum uh, before they even come out to Nashville. Is the way I approach it, and then uh, my you know everybody's different, and that's the way it should be. But the way the I buffer. approach it, well, I, I run the song right, yeah, or at least yeah, I okay. try to in the beginning, right? right? I sit down and I introduce the veteran, and then I tell the the writers, "Hey guys, like think of this like you're writing with writing with an artist. Think of the veteran as Garth Brooks. He is the final editor of this song. If he says what he needs to feel better about his life." And what he's been through is the word purple donkey for three and a half minutes. We're about to have an awesome country song called purple, purple donkey. donkey. And I need you guys donkey. on board. <laughs> um, Jams. And, and then what, you know, what I do then is as they're asking questions, I get a feel for what it is they're asking. Cause you know, I'm, I, you know, I am learning songwriting. Uh, so then I can ask the veteran in a way that translates to him, right? Like they can might be asking one question and I know like, okay, he needs, he needs to open in line for this second verse. And he thinks it's about this thing the veteran has talked about. So then I can say, you know, Hey, John, when this happened, did you see, did you see tracers? Did you hear artillery? Like what, what were you feeling in that moment? Like what, what would put you in that scene? Like if that's what the part of the story you want to tell. Hmm, that's so cool. So like terms, you know, you don't recognize how many terms that just roll out of your mouth every day. Acronyms. And things mm -hmm. that you just don't even, you say something to somebody and it just goes straight over their head. They're just like, I don't even know what you're, you lost me. Yeah, fuck songwriters, you hear a bunch of more, you hear them more than anybody else. Or people that are wanting to be songwriters. You you hear something that just nobody else is going to hear. Yeah, and you don't want to go down, too far down the alley either. You don't want to put like TRPs and bolos and ops and you know you yeah, don't want to put weird you, stuff. Then you in overdo the, it. You, yeah, you overdo you're not it. Make, you're not connecting to anyone else that needs to. And if that's what the veteran student, needs, yeah. that's right. what the veteran needs, and that's that's yeah. paramount. But like what I always tell the veterans that I work with is, we'll do whatever you need, right? And that's that's first. But if we can swing it, I would love for this to be a song that doesn't just help you, yeah. but will help any yeah. and every veteran who hears it. Kidding. And any and any veteran who hears that song is going to come talk to us because they need that help too. How, how many songs uh, does Creative Vets have out now? Do you know? Uh, as far as released, I don't. It's under fifty. Um, but as far as like actual written songs, it's definitely well over a hundred, probably over two hundred. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I meant to ask Richard that the other day. Um, dude, I just I just love what y'all do. When and that's it's crazy because uh, I think we talked about it on the first show, but it's like something. I think a lot of the vets that come to y'all, they've tried every other option. They've tried the the medication they've tried to the, the going to see a therapist and all that kind of stuff and i just think that the vets open up and probably get more dealing with you because you actually know what they've been through it I, one of the things i don't really i don't disagree with therapy but i i also 
Same way I like preachers. I don't like squeaky clean preachers. I like preachers that have been through hell and back because that's what I'm going to relate with. That's mm. what's going to make sense to me is a preacher that knows that he's not, I don't think that they're perfect. I wouldn't think they do. Maybe Joe Alstein. But besides that, yeah, I take Joe Alstein shots on here all the time. I don't much care for him. Here we are. Uh, but anyway, so, but I think like vets coming to y'all, if they knew how comfortable it, the atmosphere was, I think first off, more would reach out to y'all. I think that's why it's important for people to make the social media posts, people to hear the music so they know that it's a comfortable atmosphere. But you're not going into one of these rooms without a veteran that understands you a along with the songwriters. I think that buffer that you were talking about is vital because I know buddies of mine that I didn't like we weren't in the same unit but we can we can bounce stuff back and forth and we can 100%. kind of find a common ground and we can find something that we're like oh you had that oh shit I had that too but it's it's a it's an unspoken bond that you know coming up to somebody I saw a guy at the car dealership today I was getting a service done on my truck and I was like you look like a mortarman are you a mortar and he was like yeah shit I was Lem Charlie and I was like you just know it. Cool. Tell me some stuff. And it, it's simple. But a lot of guys that I'm sure would have an amazing story to tell don't even talk to anybody about anything. I know I was that way for a long time. I would only talk to, you know, the guys I was there with. So it, it's that's the toughest part is not only to find those guys that are will, actually willing to tell their story, but finding the perfect scenario the perfect amount of yeah. blood light, right? The perfect lighting, the perfect song. Like it, it's got to be a perfect setting for this guy to go. All right. So here's, here's what the fuck I want to say. And there's a lot that goes into that, right? I bet. Yeah. The, you know, the, that wall in one story may be the guy is really humble. Yeah. Right. The yeah. wall in another veteran may be, he went through something really, really difficult. You know, yeah, something that would be hard sure. for anybody to talk about. You know, the, the problem may be the veteran had a job that he doesn't know if he can talk about it. The, the problem may be the veteran has gone through something, uh, you know, self-treating that he's afraid to admit to his family or to his wife or to himself. Yeah, you know, there was yeah. a veteran who went through the program who was, um, I guess, essentially for all intents and purposes, a functioning alcoholic. Uh, and he was sneaking into the garage all day long, you know, taking shots. Um, and then he ended up writing a song called uh, 80 Proof Lies that, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. That's a good one. Like what that. a hook. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's just all about, it's about that, that, that vulnerability uh, and being able to share those things that, man, maybe you don't want to share, but I, I, I like to hope that that's the environment that, that we provide is just a truly safe place where they can be authentic, you know? And if, if you need to tell us all those things and, 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 you know, bear your soul in that way, and then you don't want anybody to ever hear that song, that's okay too. We can do that. That's cool. So t tell me, and I'm, I'm just curious because I, I think this is just first off phenomenal. It and, it, and it just drags yeah. you in and you got some questions about it. Is there ever instances where the songwriter who, for instance, purposes, as you said, was is not a veteran? Are there any times when they just are just floored by something that they've heard and they just they're like, oh, my, I don't know how to write that. Yeah, yeah, I, I have definitely seen that happen. Um You'll see it, I think, in almost every right where the writer hears something and it's not, it's not, they're not recoiling from the subject or anything like that, but you just see the weight of it on their face of, oh my God, I can't believe this guy just told me that. I can't believe he experienced that. I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to say. 
Um, but I, I had to work with one veteran and I, I'm not going to go into the details of the story, but they had experienced something so, you know, difficult uh, that the songwriters just, I mean, you could almost see the color just, just drain from their face. That would, that would be hard for some people. I got a couple. I see. I, I, I bet you do. <laughs> I bet both y'all do. Um, I don't know. After I got done crying about it, I think <laughs> I think it would just make me love that person that much more, though. Oh man! And, and I would appreciate the fact that they were comfortable enough around me to open up. That it might drain the white out of me and drain all the blood, but at the same time, it might just mm-hmm. make me want to put hundred and ten percent into whatever we're doing at the time, too. Though I think you would have to hear the. I would want to hear every one of those stories. No, a hundred percent. One of the most important things there is to turn around and let the veteran know how brave I guess they are and like, yeah. and how powerful they are for doing that. Like you, you know, you may have veterans who have dealt with, you know, suicidal ideation or maybe different things and they're expressing how they feel, you know, weak or they, they see themselves uh, negatively because of X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, dude, like you're here, you're here. You made it through that thing that most people never would have. You're trying to get help when most people never do. And you're telling us that story. You're braver or stronger than anybody in this room right now. You need to own that. There's your commercial. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking of myself. <laughs> well, that's, that's it, beautiful. It, it's the truth, though. I yeah. mean, 100%. Uh, I've always said that whether it was my suicide attempt back in the day or, or somebody's going through their own trauma now, you go through those events because you're supposed to share them. You're still here for a reason. And the second you realize maybe that reason is you and that you're supposed to be sharing your story, because like to me, it's not even taboo to talk about anymore because I've seen that it's helped people. So I can only imagine with everything that y'all do, just how beautiful it actually is when it all comes to fruition. Yeah. Richard, uh, just an amazing person and what he's created. I, you know, I, I can't even imagine the ripples that you know he has created uh, in the world, man. And I'm just, I'm just so, so like grateful, uh, thankful, just to, to have a small part of it. You know what I think is crazy too? I think we're only on the bottom floor of it still. Okay. Oh yeah, no, hundred you know, percent. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Like I still, I think that we're on getting in on the baby level. I think that what will end up being creative vets is going to be huge, 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 huge. The fact that I know there's some more organizations that kind of do the same thing, but being where they're at, the name that they've got, people like you that are a part of people like Jesse Wayne Taylor, Kyle, every, all the songwriters, uh, the recording artists that volunteer and everything. I just think that it, it always just blows my mind when I go to one of these events and I see the people that give a shit about it, the the, the people because a lot of people don't. I mean, in in all fairness, in all fairness, I know you. Yeah, said if that we're I, talking about songs and careers yeah. and income, a hundred percent, man. We haven't had a song on the radio. I, yeah. I take I take that we've had one. Uh, the Aaron Lewis one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but you you, it, it just it also I know we kind of talked about it briefly earlier, but all of these people that are doing stuff with y'all if you look at other aspects of their career, they're still going up. And I think that I always say that the way I view success is not me being successful alone. It's me bringing everybody I care about with me and all of us being successful together. 
and I think that's what Creative Vets is doing. I think these artists are dragging Creative Vets up. Creative Vets are dragging good artists up. It's just frustrating to see some people not part of it, but also you don't know if Richard or whoever else is like, you know what, you're doing this for the wrong reasons. It's funny but you know what? that. Yeah, go ahead. Despite any of that, I watched Richard Casper get on stage at the CMAs this year. I'm on the train, brother. Yeah, I, like I, we're we're doing this. I told I told you on the first awesome. show. I told you on the first show that we did. I was like, you make me want to run through a fucking wall for you. And Richard is the same way. Like uh, you make it, it was Cam. By the time he got done telling his story on the first, he went a lot more depth in it. At the end of it, I'm like, dude, you tell me what to do, where <laughs> to go. I will fucking do it. I don't care. It's, and, it's funny that yeah. you mentioned the the success and bringing the team along and I think you hit on it on your on the on, on the uh, last podcast you guys did together um some of the stuff that you you don't you don't anticipate feeling when you come in, when you're getting out right um is the camaraderie people can talk about PTSD and horrible horrible events all day long but there's nothing to me anyways there was nothing more apparent and obvious in my life than the absence mm-hmm. of everything that I had held dear for like 10 years. Right? Mm-hmm. I was in the same room with these guys all the time. If I went in a room with them, I was on a range with them. If I went on a range with them in the middle of the woods, if we weren't doing that, we're at strip clubs or doing some dumb shit, right? <laughs> we were shooting something, mm-hmm. right? And even the guys you didn't like. Yes. You love oh. like a brother. Oh, but those were our, that's, that's, that's my asshole. He's, he's a mine. jerk. I mean, he's no one jerk. else is taking this guy. He's ours. I think I remember talking about that the other day. Yeah. There's always get, you have that squeaky wheel guy where it's like, I feel like when, I've been that guy a couple times. When they, when they leave, <laughs> I doubt you've been that when guy. They leave nothing runs smooth anymore. Cause there's no one to hate anyways. Right. <laughs> right. Right. My hatred kept me warm. Oh, ghost the hell. Damn it. I miss picking on this guy. Um, so that's, that's been one of the, I think it's a the, songwriter thing too. You think so? Oh, oh yeah, 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 be. yeah, man. That so, just, um, when you're in a room together, it's just magic. And there, you know, there's those anomalies like the Isabels where they can just shit pours out of them like Da Vinci. It's crazy, but yeah. Well, you know, but you know, he's also, you know, he, you know, a guy like that, man, he's, he's the outlier, yeah. right? If you read that book outliers, like I'm not saying anybody could do what he does because they couldn't, but you know, with the right resources and the time, like if you can sit and write all day, every day, and you are as devoted as he is, because that's what I'm learning, man. That's what yeah. I'm learning on, you know, parallel the was with the, the creative journey. Ten, was it the 10,000 hours? 10,000? Yeah. Well, yeah, I would say, I would argue it takes a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah, but sure. the, the parallel journey with creative is learn how to write songs. And like every time I get just a little bit better, every time I get just a little bit better, man, that's when I realize, okay, I can do this, mm-hmm. you know? And then uh, I love a, there's a, Country artist out of uh, East Texas, uh, Paul Cawthon. I love Paul Cawthon. Saw him live in Chicago. Guy's amazing. Uh, he writes with a really cool dude named Aaron Raytier, who's a Nashville guy who's very underrated, flying under the radar somehow. Aaron Raytier, he's phenomenal. Uh, but Paul Cawthon was doing an interview. He was talking about listening back to some of his, his first songs that he wrote, and they were horrible. Uh, and he's the kind of guy, if he says they were, they probably were. And <laughs> listens back to the way he used to sing, and is like, I sounded horrible. And now they call the dude the big velvet because his voice is so good, right? Like what we're what you're talking about, like a guy like Jason Isbell, anybody can do that. Anybody can. That doesn't mean it's easy. This means yeah. you gotta be willing to put in the work. It's like if you talk about special forces selection or the SEALs or or or, or the JTACs or like any special operations force out there, anybody can do it. 
you have to put in the work. You have to want it. I think I think with songwriting though, the only difference is is I think that a bunch of folks that are very good at it are in touch with an emotional side of them that a lot of people don't, and they see the world in a different way. They see it as a story. And that's the one. Yeah, that's very. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like there's a they there's, have a different skill set yeah. that they've that they've nurtured. So, I mean, I, I told you the the story on the first show how I used to be really good at writing poetry. Just got picked on when I was in middle school and shit stopped. Didn't write a single other thing until the beginning of this year with Jesse Wayne Taylor. And Jesse heard we when we did the show together, we talked about it. He was like, and now he's kicking my ass because I don't know how to play my guitar yet. Uh, he is on. Yeah, he'll my, get you for that real he quick. He is on my ass so bad about it because the first song I ever wrote was with him, and he loved the other stuff that I've talked to him about. But he was like, learn to play the guitar. Like he's just been on me steady about it. And I think about it and I've been around other people like some of my buddies that don't give a damn about the song. They like, they just like the music. They don't care about the song. And I'll sit there and I'll tell them an idea or I'll say something and they'll be like, that is fucking stupid. Like, I don't, I don't even know where you're going with this. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. So I think, I think the putting the time and hours into songwriting or being a musician, I think it does take a gift from the good Lord. I, so I, I think I, I think it takes a little bit. But I think that gift is uh, the ganis, the the desire, right? Okay. That because for for somebody who wants to play guitar, or somebody or for somebody who that's like everything, right? Or somebody who really wants to write and that's what they're passionate about. It's not a hobby. Yeah, it's a need. So you know, for for that person, they need to play. They need to write, just like everybody else needs to breathe air and, and drink water, right? Like they're not going to fall over dead, but they'll feel like they want to. You're going to end up making me and Cam write a song tonight now. <laughs> Do it. There was, so, It's funny that you guys mentioned that because I remember talking to people about pros, like professional athletes, professional anything, really businessmen, traders, operators. You know, they have this thing that you can't describe. You can't show somebody what it is. And it's not something necessarily God given other than the fact, like what you said was desire. Yeah. And the people that I have met that have been successful in their line of work, doing what it is that they do are the people that do it. Mm -hmm. You just do it. I'm, I'm convinced almost you, sometimes that would, athleticism would say, can be inherited, would but you it, say they just do it or they actually live it. That it's, 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 it's a job. Yeah. It's a job. You, you it's wake up quit. and you can't yeah. not do it. It's like whatever it, whatever impossible crash. thing you put in front of me. If I believe in it, the only thing that can stop me from doing it is death. Yes, it's you can't not do it. And I, you've, I've met a million people in my life that dream to be in this thing, but they will never get a step closer well, because they won't. They're too scared. Get out of bed on time. They're they won't scared. go take a shower. They won't. It's just little yeah. tiny things that make you who you are are the same things that inherently make up all of the extremely successful people. It hit me a it's long a drive. It hit me a long time ago that I would rather go broke and chasing what I actually love in this life and my dreams and actually trying to be the person that I think I'm meant to be than just trying to fit in. You have the thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've met you. Yeah, you do have it. You're doing it right now. Yeah, yeah this is my the, thing. I love I, talking shit to amazing people is my thing. And it's a it, it's crazy how it finds you. Yeah. How something that you didn't know that you loved finds you because you weren't gonna do this. Well, this was not a thing on our radar. Yeah, I, I you never no, thought that this not. could be a thing. 
Howard Stern did it to me though. That movie, I'm telling you, ever since I was a child, that movie Private oh, yeah. Parts, it <laughs> ruined me. It just took until 2018 for it to become a reality. To register it all. <laughs> it's it, so it, funny. It took forever. It it took forever. I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Um you're from Oklahoma? I am. How long did you stay there? I guess you just lived, born and raised there, graduated? Yeah, yeah, born, uh, born in uh, Muskogee County General Hospital, and then I left uh, shortly after 9-11 to go to basic. Right. Um, so ha- my half of my family's from Oklahoma. Oh, and cool. If you, if you, if you, if you, oh, did you know that? No, I didn't. I thought my mom, from, my mom's from Oklahoma. Was, oh, no, I was thinking all of y'all are from Texas. So, yeah. well, yeah, that's when we, well, that's a longer story. Right, um, right. That's, my, that's why Texas doesn't fall into the ocean because Oklahoma sucks. <laughs> my uh so my mom's from oklahoma and uh you know where lawton is it's oh yeah, Fort yeah. Sill. there's nothing nothing there but well big guns and a strip club and casinos i mean shit there but like there's a, a co- <laughs> there's a college there's a college there that yeah. for us it would be a yeah but in in oklahoma their equivalency and it's called cameron university mm-hmm which is where I got my name because okay. my my dad went to college there, and that's oh, where that's I met my awesome, mom. Man. So he, by way of Georgia, my mom came from Los Angeles, and they met in in Oklahoma. And my mom's a big Oki, like nothing else matters to her. It's funny y'all both say that because Cam pointed out before the show started, but the album right behind us, one of Merle Haggard album. Is the Oki I'm actually uh, I've been trying to write a song about Oklahoma and Merle Haggard for the better part of a year, and I've got I've got like I can't see the forest despite the trees right now. Oh, but it's called I'm, it's called I'm it's called I'm sorry Merle, and, and if I can remember it off the top of my head, the first line I have so far right now is something like, uh, "My daddy caught me a couple a couple things. Don't ever be a liar. Don't ever be no thief." I ain't lied are today. You sing, are you saying it from the perspective of letting Merle down? N- n- kind of, kind of. Yeah. But it's like my daddy, you know, taught me don't ever be a liar. Don't ever be a thief. Well, I ain't lied about nothing. But one thing always bothered me. If we don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee, what are we doing with all this weed? <laughs> it's funny. Uh, oh, I, I it's funny you that. mentioned that. I remember it was, it was an artist or somebody that we're talking about whenever he came out with that song, and they were like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, you don't even talk like that." Like, and it was oh, that's an interesting. The, that's every standpoint from because he was so that su- was such a political song. I, I think. Well, I he, I love the idea of a song like opening with something like that. So like you almost think it's gonna be funny. Um, and then the song goes into actually being about what it's like, like growing up yeah. in, in rural Oklahoma. Out of nowhere, you just go, oh, 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 you're not, you're not joking. This is, oh shit. Yeah. That's pretty deep. <laughs> I, I like the idea of, uh, right there when you, the, the hook of it, I'm sorry, Merle, I was thinking about if you just went back and you listened to all of his songs. Cause I think a lot of people are doing this now anyway, where they're taking older songs and they're incorporating them to a new generation that have never mm-hmm. heard them. Hey man, uh, Jesse Wayne Taylor, yeah. Papa's paycheck. Oh God, I love Papa's man. I don't know that one. Oh, okay. So the reason song why, will fire you up. The reason Good. why I know Jesse Wayne Taylor. The first time my show was in the top one hundred in the world. I had a really good, really good month, and my show was in the top one hundred in the world in our category. And there was already a million plus shows in that category. So it was a huge deal for me. So Lee Tucker invited me up to Nashville to celebrate. Kristen Kelly was doing uh, her Say Something We're Saying Riders Round. And her album just came out. She's busted her ass in Nashville for a long time. And she's been played in front of big folks. Uh, she's, she's just awesome. And she was number 13 in the world on iTunes for country music. 
She put on this really big riders round because of it. Jesse Wayne Taylor was there. I was in the front row. Jesse Wayne Taylor, Aaron Lewis, uh, Dylan Carmichael, Ashley McBride. I mean, it's just an it was an amazing, amazing. Oh, Ashley McBride, man. Oh, dude, yes. And Jesse Wayne Taylor plays Papa's paycheck, and then he ends with Unbroken, and he tells the story of Unbroken, and the people that I'm sitting around know what kind of shows I put out. And I'm like, you got to introduce me to him right now. <laughs> and one of my friends that was sitting there, like, uh, of course, Jesse's one of our real good buddies. Jesse has a great story. He was in a very bad car wreck uh, several years ago, and he quit drinking. He became sober. Uh, and now he does he does all that. He, he's even learning to play guitar left-handed now because he has something wrong with his neck, and he can't play right-handed anymore. He just doesn't have enough going on. Yeah, just the dude might as well have, pick the, up guitar upside dude's down. It's just amazing. Super talented up. dude. Phenomenal, phenomenal songwriter. He is a melody machine. It's awesome. Yeah. Makes me cry every time I'm around. I'm a melody guy. Hey, uh, if I, it's got a it's got a hook, it's got to pull me in. Chris, I didn't realize you had your guitar there with you. How about we end on you playing something? <sighs> okay. Uh, I tell you what, let's do let's do this. We'll do that, and then we'll end saying something. Then if it's really bad, you can just cut it out. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to. <laughs> tell, tell them no little, pressure. Tell them no yeah, pressure. Tell them, tell them a little bit behind whatever you play to. Uh, so this is the first probably probably the first song write that I did with Creative Vets where I was actually one of the writers in the song more than just a name. Um, so we wrote this with Jade Michaels and Jordan Weatherford. Both are great, uh, but most importantly, the veteran. Uh, she had been through. She's been through a lot, um, and for her to have the courage uh, and the trust to have to talk to a man, and she didn't know about it, man, it, it that's what I already loved creative vets. I already knew that I really wanted to be a part of it, um, but that was, if anything, lit the fire. It it, it was that it, it was seeing the type of person you can help, the type of impact uh, that you can have. Um, writing that song uh, with her changed my life. I'm already gonna cry. Thanks, Chris. Don't remember much about being young. Those memories won't play. Been a running all this time, chasing, trying to find my place. I don't walk away when things get tough. I was taught to take the pain. You can always find me walking tall with a smile on my face. Trying to find out how I'm supposed to say who I am when I'm feeling this way. But it's like everything. Seems so out of reach, what does it always seem? No one can see the real me. Feels like I'm left here fighting on my own. The things I've seen, you will never know. That don't mean I don't need a little help. Trying to find myself.
And all these scars of my broken heart show that I've been through hell. And every smile that hurts to wear has a story to tell. Now every day I pray to slay those demons in my head. And find the strength to carry on the bed and days ahead. But it's like everything. It seems so out of reach, what does it always seem? No one can see the real me. Feels like I'm left here fighting on my own. The things I've seen you will never know. That don't mean I don't need a little help. Trying to find myself. Late at night, I sometimes sit with a loaded gun in my hand. I need someone to help me, cause I'm not sure that I can. Cause it's like everything it seems so out of reach. What does it always seem? No one can see the real me. Feels like I'm left here fighting on my own. The things I've seen you can never know That don't mean I don't need a little help Trying to find myself Thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. I can just see someone too pouring out to you, and that becoming a song, man. Even, well, even worse, what I what you were saying the whole time, all I did was I pictured her hearing it, yeah, and just losing it because I almost did. I didn't. So I I I love that song, man. Uh, for a lot of reasons, she's one of the biggest. But like, man, I don't care if you're in the military or not. We've all been there. Right? Uh, absolutely absolutely we've all we've all been there so uh whenever we filmed with laney wilson for the cmas i like we're on a round table like the disney people or whatever around us with cameras and they wanted me and another person to play a song for and i'm like man I, it's the cmas it's going to be a 30 second to two minute slot i know i'm not going to be on camera singing anything right like that's not going to happen but uh i took that opportunity and i played that song um for laney wilson and i, I texted the veteran like immediately after like hey Lady Wilson just heard your song. She loves it. Oh, dude. Ugh. That's just like one of the things. Like I, I'm always looking for in this life. I, I'm always looking for in this life, like little signs that show me I'm on the right road or that I'm at least going in the right direction. You know, little, little winds or whatever, anything like that. So I could just imagine for her that, knowing that Lainey Wilson heard her song and liked it, that's just got to show her that that's got to be almost part of the therapy. That, 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 that's got to be almost like you putting this out here into the world and opening up. That should be like healing to her. No, uh, you know, a hundred percent. And again, like that veteran, Oh my God, like just the courage to share the things that she shared. Like, yeah. man, it was, 
if you could turn the weight of responsibility into a baseball bat and pummel me in the face with it, like <laughs> that, that was it. That was this, this, this is an obligation. This is a responsibility. I want to do this. I love doing this. This is a passion. I have to do this. If I can help one of these people, I have to. That's what I try, dude. I promise you. Uh, that is why I try my damnedest with these people that I bring to town. I try every time. And I and I I know I've mentioned it a couple of times. I'm starting to see who the good people are, the people who aren't fake, the people that take the time to actually go talk to Richard or whoever. Because it's like you just said, man. It's one of these songs is gonna it's already saved somebody's life. You I mean you you'll never ever know what song did or whoever unless they reach out and tell you, of course. But these songs are saving people's life. This isn't just a melody that's sitting just a little guitar being played. They, they, this is therapy to people. This is saving people. And it's like coming from what y'all have been through and what you've done. It's, it's still like you're a soldier in my eyes. I mean, you're always going to be a soldier regardless, but now it's like you're a soldier of the song or a soldier mm-hmm. of God and everything. Now, like you're, you're out here protecting people and giving people another chance to live. Now you're gonna make me cry. You're really good at that. What? Bluffing and making me cry. <laughs> Why the fuck y'all think I get paid for this? I don't know. It ain't because I'm pretty. No, shit's, <laughs> shit was, that shit was gold. That shit felt good. Well, now we are in Soldier into that. of the song. Yeah, I heard I heard me say it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my body was floating outside. My spirit was floating outside my body. I could hear oh, myself yeah. saying it. I yeah. saw it. I, I saw, saw me it. say it. And it's and crazy. I knew. I was like, okay, well, I don't know where this is going. That, <laughs> that, that, you know what? I give the credit to good Lord on that one because I don't know where it came from. <laughs> that was something that he he just put through me and extension him for you to hear. Because you probably you probably don't get the credit and pray as much as I love everybody who want to see him. I would rather take you and all those people helping these veterans and give those awards to you guys because in my mind, what you're doing is worth way more. Than any number one song on the radio. No, that would be, you know, but the cool thing for me, man, is like, it's not, it's like, I'm not getting paid, right? Like nobody's giving me money, but like yeah. whenever I was 15 and I first started playing guitar, man, I, I was so naive. I thought that music has changed the world and saved lives. And like how, you know, blessed am I that I get to be 40 years old and realize music does save lives. And music can change the world. Absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you for doing the show. Thank you for taking time hanging out with me and Cam. Cam, thank you for showing up again. No, thank you. Thank both of you for uh, experience. This is awesome. Well, you can come anytime you want to. Thanks, Dad. Uh, you're, you're one of the few people that I actually don't care if you come and sit in on any show. Score. You don't make it about you. I don't like the ones that make it about them. I'm cool with everything else. Just don't make. <laughs> I guess some episodes are fine. Bill. Oh, we did Saturday Night Bullshit and everything. But you got something like Chris on here. You, you make it about Very them. Cool. You make yeah. it about creative events. You That's make so it cool. about the organizations that you're supposed to make it about are the people you're supposed to make it about. So Chris, you know, I love you. I thank the world of you. I just appreciate you taking some time and hanging out. Uh, no, you too, brother, man. Bit. Thank you. Thank Very you well. so man. I really can't wait to get up there and talk to you guys, but that's what a, what a cool thing. As soon as you walk, cause I don't think any of the artwork is at, at there. It's at uh Belmont or something, isn't it? It's all over the place now, I, man. Uh, I think I've actually got a piece up in a hotel right now. You, uh, what? What what uh what tell me, uh, real quick before we get out here what's some of your pieces that you've done? Uh, so I went through. I was a veterans mentor for our Chicago program, so that was three weeks at SEIC. Um, and I did. It was 
photography plus acrylics plus uh, ceramics. Okay. And then I use some objet um, trouvé uh, or uh, uh, like random found objects to insert symbolism into the into the piece. Okay. So I the, the whole idea of mine was like what it feels like to have felt like you were something important and then to no longer be that thing. Oh man! As much as I, I harp on the music side of creative events, their actual art that they do is amazing as well. Like the there's some of that stuff. Whenever I took a bunch of folks in there, whenever they were doing, were you there? Um, yeah, I was at that thing. It, I think it, you okay. had um, who's the guy from Dirty Prescott Kids? He was yeah, there, right? Yeah, I, Travis. Travis yeah, yeah. and Caroline came there. Dustin Heron came. Um, Miss Anna came. There were some people that was really amazing that came to that event that night with me, and I appreciate it. Oh, Damaris and James came, and y'all made a huge impact on him. I want you to know that because I know he'll hear this. James is a veteran. He's had a lot of stuff just like everybody else. He went from work, being in the military and doing what he did to being a coal miner oh, and wow. being underground. So he's he's not that anymore. But he's had trauma after trauma after trauma after trauma. What a transition. Life. And let me tell you, if you just saw that man's face when we left that day and just, oh, man, it's that artwork. It, it whoo, I don't even want, I don't even want to think about some of it. But I'll it, tell you what, man, anytime you run into that, you can give my phone number, my email address to anybody that you think needs I will. it. I will, dude. Well, uh, well, I appreciate it. And uh, let's get out of here. So thank you all for listening to the Josh Terry podcast. I'll holler at you guys later.